Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today, I would like to talk about how much self-doubt is healthy. Wayne, can you kick us off? Sure. With the huge caveat that I doubt that I feel any sort of certainty around any of this. I mean, that's the full irony of this question going, wow. Well, because <laughs> well, none is bad and too much is bad. So where's the sweet spot? Yeah, and I think often it is obviously contextual, but I tend to err on the side of more self-doubt that then gets reinforced with action. What does that mean? That means that if I... And it's funny because as soon as I start to explain it, I'm like, is that really true? I have questions about what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so the, the idea that I'm going to assume that while, yes, I know that I can do anything given enough time and resources, at the same time, I'm going to say, you know, there's a lot of questions that are open here. Let's go do some test spikes. Let's figure out what's really happening before I commit fully. So kind of that, I doubt it, but let's go confirm and, or deny and then move forward. Hmm. I guess that's the, um, the scientist in you talking. I think that, you know, proof and requirement for proof and, and the metric against whatever that you may have is, is, is healthy. I think um, in general terms, as a coach, I think of self-doubt as being... Um, the cause of imposter syndrome and, 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 and I then question the psychology behind that imposter syndrome. How do you know? I, I will ask people quite bluntly, how do you know that your boss thinks you're uh, incompetent or how do you know that they don't believe you're able to do a presentation to a thousand people? So I actually look at the belief system and break that down in order to get them to analyze the self-doubt. However, as Robin has said, you know, there is a sweet spot and I think a certain amount of self-doubt does make for a better uh, interaction with other people because you do question and you do try to measure. Mm. And then that, that sense checking certainly gives you the opportunity to go and check in with other people who may or may not know more than you on a specific subject or actually reconfirm that actually you do know what you're talking about and that actually they have approached you because they do think you know what you, they value your opinion and you know what you're talking about and you've got the experience and the, uh, and the wherewithal to be able to answer their question or, or, or give them confidence that maybe they can then take what you've said and, and build on that and then maybe take you into a place where maybe you are a little bit more uncomfortable, but you can overcome that and help you grow. So it is, so it is about that sweet spot based on other people. Well, so it I suppose it depends how you value your self-worth or how you measure your self-worth. For me, I'm an extrovert. I get my, I often measure my world or me with through other people and how other people respond to me and what I say. So hmm. uh, for me, certainly that that's how it works. And I think we all individuals like, like that. There's no one answer. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. We are all very individual. And in fact, I was on a call today with a, a somebody, a, a consultant from the NHS who's also a, 
um, deputy, deputy medical director and the deputy director of the health education service for her trust. Seriously high powered, really capable woman, absolutely needs to be told that when something is completed that she has actually achieved, she mm -hmm. needs to be told that that's that the work was good and she really resents it when people take her work and, and lay claim to it. Mm. But at the same time, she worries constantly about um, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't do it? What? Mm. And she's proving on a daily basis that she is good enough and she can do it. Mm -hmm. And she still doubts. Now, I think her self-doubt is on this, the side of the scales that leads towards um, being unhelpful. It's not yet mm. destructive but it's certainly not helpful. Right. And yet if we took it all away, she wouldn't have the motivation to keep doing the things that she does day to day. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's sweet spot. Yeah. The yeah. thing I run into for me is that if I become interested in the subject and I want to learn about it, the more I learn, the less I feel like I know. And so then I have to remind myself that just if I know 50% of whatever, say they're 100%, I know 50% of it, I can help someone who only knows 25%. And that's where I kind of moderate my self-doubt is, am I, do I know enough to help someone? Is, is that possible? And mm. in, in, in the world of the blind, the one-eyed man is king as the saying goes. And yeah. just like you say, having that conversation with someone and just being able to help. I, I, we had that this morning on a, on a, um, uh, a group that I'm a member of and, and an incredibly creative uh, partner in our group. And we needed to figure out how much it cost them to go and deliver an hour's worth of work on a spreadsheet. Now, that's something that's just innate to me. But to him, it was, wow, okay, now I understand how I can make a profit on this job or not. And it's... Mm. Yeah. Life-changing might be too strong a word, but that self-doubt about I don't know how to do this for him was something for me that we were able to share. And now he's moved a bit forward and reaffirmed to me just by being able to help him that he, he, I could do it and he could do it. And it's not something that I've done for many, many years. But that self-doubt, we, we have, I think like you said earlier, uh, Wayne, being able to have enough resources, enough time, we can do anything. But being able just to share some of that also helps quieten that monster within us that's saying you can't. So it sounds like what we're saying is if you're engaging in self-doubt, to go out and do some testing and see kind of what kind of feedback you get about, well, can you do it? Do you need to learn more? Can you help someone? Is that what we're saying? I guess so. I think, you know, you know Eric Burns' uh, models of games and games people play, he, one of the models is, is the perfectionist. And the thing about a perfectionist is that nothing is ever finished. Mm. If you have no self-doubt, you'll never finish anything. If you have a degree of self-doubt, you'll allow things to go. You'll, mm. allow, you'll allow yourself to work with other people and collaborate more. And you'll allow that 90% is good enough or 75 or, or, you know, close enough for rock and roll. It doesn't have to be 100% and polished up. I feel like if you don't have self-doubt, you'll assume everything's perfect and you'll send stuff out crappy. Maybe, maybe that. It, yeah, if you, don't, if you don't ever take a little degree of self-analysis in, into whatever you're doing mm. through self-doubt, then yeah, you, you, you do potentially 
imagine that what you're doing is great. This is this is narcissism. When you imagine everything you're doing is fantastic, mm -hmm. despite the evidence to the contrary that other people can see, but you can't. Right. So maybe no self-doubt is narcissism. And complete self-doubt means you'll never start. And certainly you'll never finish. At least in my world, that's what it means. Well, as coach, as a coach, I look for that level of discomfort that actually breeds creativity and change. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, self-doubt is the, the parent of that discomfort. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah. maybe self-doubt is the seed from which we grow creativity and, and change. Certainly it forces, forces, well, forces me uh, from a, a, a user standpoint to be able to go and figure out something, something and find a solution for something. Even if somebody else has come to me with a problem then it's going, well, a solution could be A or B or C and understanding what those are and, and being able to, to, to help them figure out what they what they what they need to do and what I need to do to enable them to, to succeed so mm -hmm. that level of little bit of discomfort often helps and just Wayne, figure, I saw a thought there things. in your head you want to give us a last thought before I close this off oh I went off on a whole tangent of how this uh, balancing act feels like the whole idea behind productive tension that we need to have a certain level of activity and energy going on at the time but too much is much so finding that happy balance and recognizing that different levels of productive tension, different levels of activity are going to get you different sets of results. I mean, and some are better for one situation and some are better for another. Well, that's all the time we have guys. Thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. I knew that it was going to be really a nebulous one and I appreciate you guys stepping into it with me. Thanks so much. And we'll do it again real soon. Thanks Robin. Thanks Bye. guys. Robin. Bye.